challenging times lead to new courage. The story so far. You would have noticed that we have jumped over four chapters of the book of Acts since last week. And since then, the newly formed church has been flourishing and growing and learning. How does a church cope when 3,000 new believers want to join and there were not nearly that many members to start with? How long does it take to baptise 3,000 people anyway? And then what? They were sharing meals, and even organising that was being a problem. At first the apostles had done everything, but had found out that they had not enough time for it all. Then they hit on the idea of appointing a committee of deacons to do all that kind of thing, so that they could concentrate on their own job, prayer and teaching, while the deacons sorted out the rest. Even today, many Baptist or similar churches are organised by a panel of elders, assisted by a panel of deacons who do the buildings and money. And the Good Shepherd is similar, and each spring we have an AGM to elect a church council for the coming year. So, who was Stephen? Mentioned only in the Book of Acts, Stephen was chosen as one of the first deacons in the very first year of the church. He was judged to meet the qualifications mentioned in Acts 6 verse 3, known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Even before he was given this role, he was seen to be a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And we are told that he performed great wonders and signs among the people. He was a prominent leader then, and quite apart from all that, it appears he was well versed in the Bible, as we shall see shortly. But the purpose of leadership was serving. Picture the scene then. Stephen is the first person in a, any picture of his martyrdom. Was anyone taking any notice of the church? What about the people of Jerusalem? In Acts chapter 5 we are told that miracles of healing were happening and people had been bringing sick people to them to be healed. And back in Acts chapter 2 and again in Acts chapter 4 we are told that many people believed in Jesus and decided to join them. And then there's the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, and the other types of Jewish leaders. In Acts chapter 4 we're told they arrested Peter and John. Another time they arrested all the apostles. They were furious and wanted to put the apostles to death. And now, finally, they have arrested Stephen in Acts chapter 6 verse 8. Now, the people and the Sanhedrin all saw the same things. The difference is what they made of them. On the one hand, the people, or at least many of them, saw and realised that the message of the apostles must be true. Jesus had said in John 14.11 in our reading today, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And they had believed on the works and followed through, acknowledging and turning away from their previous sins and worshipping Jesus the Son and resolving to follow his teaching and to practice his lifestyle. 
And on the other hand, the Sanhedrin and the other leaders seem not to have done joined-up thinking. Earlier, one of them, Gamaliel, had at first persuaded them to wait and see. If what the Christians are doing is false, it will fade away. But if it is from God, it's best not to resist it. Acts 5.33 But they now had abandoned that approach and had arrested Stephen. What was the case against Stephen? When we look at the case against Stephen in Acts 6, 9-14, it looks very like the earlier charges put against Jesus himself. False witnesses said he had spoken blasphemy, which was a capital offence. As we are told in Acts 6, verse 13, this fellow never stops speaking against his holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. Stephen replied at length with a summary of the history of the Jewish nation and ended by making accusations against the priests and Sanhedrins themselves. And so at last we arrive at the start of our passage today which begins when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this that is, when they heard the charges that Stephen was making against them. And what were they? Acts 7 verse 2. Having pointed out that the coming of Jesus was in line with what Moses had said, he made several charges against his accusers. You priests always resist the Holy Spirit. You persecuted the prophets. You murdered the righteous one. You have not obeyed the law that you teach, the law that gives you your role. No wonder they were annoyed. So they, and they are the other people we must picture at the scene, they took him out and stoned him. Like many people, Stephen has famous last words. Once the Sanhedrin had heard Stephen's charges and rejected them, and thus in effect had turned down their last chance to repent and follow Jesus, Things moved quickly. A vision of heaven opened up to Stephen, although the Sanhedrin couldn't see it. Perhaps instead they could remember when they had put Jesus on trial, Matthew twenty six sixty four, and how they had asked him if he was the Christ. Jesus had agreed, saying, I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, and coming on the clouds of heaven. And now, as they killed Stephen, they must surely have heard the two prayers Stephen uttered. Lord, receive my spirit, and Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I wonder if they remembered then any of the things Jesus had said from the cross not so very long ago. And thus Stephen became the first martyr, and his saint's day is December the 26th. But what is a martyr? In Greek, the words for martyr and witness are one and the same word. In current English usage, the difference is that martyrs get killed, but witnesses do not. They are the same thing, but it's the reaction of others that calls for different words. Here are some things that Jesus said about this. In Acts 
chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And from Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in their synagogues. On my accounts you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. And from John chapter 16 verse 1. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. All these things came true in Stephen's own story. He was full of the Holy Spirit, and so his life and doings marked him out as a prominent Christian and made him a target. When the time came, the Holy Spirit enabled him to give a great defence speech. He was put on trial because he lived 100% for Jesus. But the Sanhedrin really thought they were offering a service to God by unjustly condemning him. Surely all this was a long time ago. But today, surely we wish to be just like the early church open to the Holy Spirit and obedient to his leading. That automatically makes us his witnesses, whether we make speeches or just live godly and inexplicably joyful lives in the full view of the world. And today we would also attract a similar range of reactions, as I suppose we probably already know. Some will want to join us as followers and worshippers of Jesus, while others will seek to harm us in one way or another. In the UK, it is very unusual to be murdered for being Christian, not so in many other countries, but we must be prepared to suffer lesser forms of economic discrimination, ridicule or rejection. And at the Good Shepherd, we long to see many people join us in following Jesus, even 3,000 in one day perhaps. Like the early church, we must not be afraid and must not shrink from telling the good news about Jesus in whatever ways and whatever places are open to us. We must make sure that we do not hide like a lamp under a bowl, Matthew 5.15, but are always prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we have, 1 Peter 3.15. And finally, who knows what will come from our lives of joyful worship and open witness. In imagining the scene, apart from Stephen and the crowd who are stoning him to death, we must imagine one more figure, standing back a little way. This is Saul of Tarsus, minding the coats of the executioners. Not much later, in Saul's life, Stephen's prayer, Lord, do not hold this sin against them, would be well answered. Soon he would meet Jesus on the Damascus Road, and under his new name, Paul, 
he carried the good news far and wide and even wrote a large part of the New Testament. And finally, finally, I wonder, when Luke came to write the book of Acts, was it Paul who told him all about the martyrdom of Stephen? <laughs>